Recorded live. All right. Well, um, since I can't hear Rich and uh, Russell, I know you want to take the floor next, so why don't I go ahead and uh, give us some prayer here and open up our fellowship. Heavenly Father, we do know that your promise is true. Wherever two or more are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst. We thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity through technology and so forth, Lord, to just be connected with one another from across this great land that you have given into the hand of your people, Lord. Father, we pray that our thoughts be your thoughts tonight. We pray that any teachable moments, Lord, be in the spirit of truth and the spirit of righteousness. Father, we pray for those that are yours wherever they are, seeking to help uh, to find fellowship, that they might be helped to find this fellowship. Lord, give us ideas and tools to help reach those people, your people that are seeking the truth, that want to know about Jesus Christ and that great sacrifice that he made for us. So, Father, these are our prayers. We lift it up to you in the blessed holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for them. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> do I do I have the floor? You have the floor, young man. Okay. It was on the morning of January thirtieth, three o'clock. This thought came to me. Now I'm gonna preface it with this. And I want to ask a couple of questions of my two listeners. All right, are you ready? Shoot. What does kryptonite and spinach have in common? And spinach? Yes. Oh. Who knows? (laughs) Okay, let me add a third factor, money. Um, sounds like Doug's onto it. <laughs> no, I no, I don't know that I am, but it is interesting. It seems. <laughs> okay. Well, the, let me just put this out. I guess if you think I'm onto it, the, the kryptonite. You know, I guess what I'm thinking of when you said kryptonite and spinach, I thought of all the all the cartoons. You know, and. And uh, spinach, of course, was uh, was Popeye's strength, and kryptonite uh, was Superman's strength. Um, yeah. And go ahead. You're uh, you're spot on there, Doug. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well. And, uh, and uh, money, uh, spinach, kryptonite was a source of power, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, let's be honest here. That's what money is as well. Power. It's a, it's a source of power. Absolutely. And it's yeah. not synonymous with the word power. And so, 
This is the thought that popped in my head. Our power is obedience. No, say it isn't so. (laughs) Now, I know this sounds simple, but consider this. I want power. Okay. Isn't that what God tells us in his word? Yep. And it's pretty simple, isn't it? You want my favor? Obey. You want power? Obey. Now, our adversary, how do they receive their power? They disobey. They what? They disobey or rebel or do just the opposite. And yep. for reasons unbeknownst to you and I, it's just from the same source. And it, it wasn't very complicated, but it's the truth. So let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. What you're saying is that the source of power is from God. And God is giving you an adversary which gets its power from God. And God gives you his power and he's wondering which power you're going to choose. Absolutely. He has he has showed me to the access to his power is to obey him and his word. Amen. And I just thought, boy, how how why weren't we taught this in elementary school? <laughs> well, Well, Russell, you see, we have evolved, and we don't need power anymore. We have the government to help us. Therefore, power is not necessary and essential anymore. We just have to go to the hand of government and get whatever it is that we need and be obedient to government, and it will give us the things that we desire. Hmm. Like another one with an EBT card, eh? There's that. There's Mr. Rich. He found his voice. <laughs> yeah, like an EBT card, I guess. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, though, Russell. Um, it's not real difficult, is it? No, but it but it. it it is it is bringing it back to its basic element, isn't it? Yeah, so the question becomes, how do you obey? And because you see, it must require sacrifice. Uh, either, either, and the sacrifice, I guess, is your will. It it has to be 
put on hold. I mean, I'm talking about the daily battle that we live every morning when we wake up. How do we find his grace and walk in his grace? Well, that's where the battle is. My will, his will. And and when the pressure is applied, that's when you find out which way you're going to go. And so it's my prayer that we learn to stay focused on his will. Whatever mechanism it takes, that's what we want. And that's that's what I had to say about that. Well, that's uh, <clears throat> well. Some things just kind of came to my mind. You know, you mentioned the obedience and <clears throat> and uh, why don't we just flip over to Exodus nineteen five. It says, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession, although the whole earth is mine. And uh, there's... uh, What was the last part of that again, Doug? Yeah, I, uh, I I'm waiting for Jeremiah to bring my Bible, and I, I typed it into the chat, but he may not have been looking at it. So um, I grabbed a quick uh, online here, and it's probably an NIV version or something. I don't know what it is, but I just <clears throat> I just was kind of had been reading in Exodus, and Rich, you and I had talked about that when we talked as well, and <clears throat> I kind of remembered that in Exodus 19:5. Um, so what's your trend oh I can grab the Geneva here I've got it it's pretty much a follow of King James Exodus 19 5 and um, okay Uh, Doug can you go ahead and mute me out for about 15 alright got you covered okay All right, got Russell off there. Um, 19.5 from the Geneva. Who crying under the... Oh, oh, I'm in Genesis. I hate it when I do that. 19.5. Now, therefore, if you will hear my voice indeed... Keep my covenant, then you shall be my chief treasure above all people, though all the earth be mine. You shall also be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now, isn't a kingdom of priests meaning rich that we would be a people who would be priestly or priest-like. In other words, we would carry out a priestly duty. That would be the idea, I would think. But you know what else was interesting about that? I was just thinking. What Russell was saying about um, 
where power derives from, right? Right. Well, when power derived, when Jesus was speaking with the devil, and the devil was taunting him and teasing him into doing, uh, you know, some basically either sinful acts or or not unbecoming acts, like you know, like suicide, jumping off this thing and and um, making stone into bread and things like that. Well, he was tempting him to see whether he would be obedient. Well, right. I think I think he, he along with what Russell said, I think he was out trying to suck his power through sin. And when you go over to the uh, the dark side and do what the dark side wants you to do, you empower the dark side. And um, and one of the things that, that just rang true with what you just read, and what uh, what the devil promised Jesus that he would give him the kingdoms of the earth, right? But in Exodus nineteen five, it said that the whole Earth is mine. Yeah. So it wasn't Satan's to give him. No, it's not. He was to be tempted. And yeah. right back to right back to what Russell said, uh, power, um, money equals power. And <clears throat> so what did what did he have to offer? He had to offer uh, what was perceived or what would be perceived as riches of the world. <clears throat> and those riches of the world would tempt a lot of men and would turn them away from following after God and turn them toward following the power that money was to them, whether it was setting them on a pinnacle of the earth or over a high mountain to oversee the entire city and I'll give all this into your hand. Um, Definitely, most definitely, how we just see that our Lord only wants obedience. It reminds me of the scripture of says, uh, as I guess it's a proverb, uh, so it'd be attributed to Solomon, I guess, that um, he said, um, oh, no, I just drew a blank. What was I thinking? Um, boy, that was an interesting, interesting loss there. Um, let's see, he... Uh, Oh, boy, I can't get it back at all. Go ahead, somebody. Um, I've got I've got some other ones here, some other scriptures that um, that uh, I, I've been writing down some notes here just from time you and I talked this afternoon, uh, and um, <clears throat> when you look at different scriptures regarding obedience, and you know. I, Deuteronomy chapter 11 
Maybe that thought will come back to me. Must not have been important. I thought it was, but eleven one, Deuteronomy chapter eleven. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and shall keep that which he commands to be kept, that is, his ordinance, his laws, and his commandments always. I like some of the ones from Christ, which I call the Shibboleths, John chapter 15. And I just was writing a lot of these things down today, too, because it's it's interesting that Russell leads out with this very simple, provocative, yet simple um, analogy, if you will, of, of... you know, what obedience is all about. John fifteen nine. And uh it does have a way of, of humbling you sometimes when you look at it and and think of how simple it is. I remember somebody in that uh um one conference there about prayer and it was said, well, didn't one guy stand up, beat his chest, and look up to the heavens and say, um, uh, look at me, I'm so glad that I'm not a sinner like that miserable man over there and something to that effect, you know. And and Jesus said, now, which one went down? And the other man wouldn't lift his head to heaven and and uh, repented and said, forgive me, a sinner. And Jesus asked, well, which one went down to his house justified? And um, that's a pretty simple understanding of prayer power right there. 15.9, John, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in that my love. If you shall keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love than this has no man than when he has bestowed his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. John chapter 15, verses 9 to 14. Well, we continue at 15, too. Henceforth call I you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his master does, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father have I made note unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you go and bring forth fruits and that your fruits remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. Um, And then I was in Corinthians a little bit in... 2 Corinthians 10. I didn't write the scripture down here, but I think it's 
right in the first few verses. Looks like I missed the verse, Second Corinthians chapter 10. And, uh, you know, you were in something in Corinthians there, Rich, uh, last week, I think, when we were talking about uh, power and deriving power from anger. Second Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down the imaginations and every high thing that is exalted um, against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if we're going to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, um, did Christ lie? No. Did Christ bear false witness? No. Did Christ steal? Did he murder? Did he defy the the word of God? Did he defy his father at all? No. But we've heard it a lot, haven't we, Rich, that the law is done away or that you can't keep the law or we're all sinners and so therefore, is that a justification for us? You can't keep the law, huh? No, that's... You're just saying that, but you ain't saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, in that Second Corinthians scripture, it's, it's again another one of these scriptures that I, I guess I don't understand why so many people seem to miss it, but, um, and, and you know, the, the Ephesian scripture on the armor is, is certainly another one that has been stated a lot throughout the circles of those who've come to know their biblical identity. Verse 4, um, just, just above 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to cast down holds. That's what this Geneva says. Um, there's some footnotes, obviously, but I won't uh, read them right now. And having ready the vengeance against all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, um, you know, how, how are we to have ready the vengeance against all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled if we don't understand what's being said there. What's being said is that you are to have ready that obedience, vengeance, I should say, I almost said revenge, but that, that vengeance that says, thus says the Lord. And therefore, when thus says the Lord, you're ready to carry out and execute the judgment upon that disobedience so that we don't have to go before the Father having to be judged by him because nobody told us, you better stop doing what you're doing or you're going to get judged by the Lord. What would you rather be? Would you rather be in obedience or would you rather have to come before the Lord and have to be judged. 
Well, I guess if you just can't keep that law, you're going to end up getting judged. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, that's, look ye on these things after the appearance, question mark. If any man trusts in himself that he is Christ, let him consider this again of himself, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should have no shame. This I say that I may not seem as it were to fear to... This I say, I don't like the Geneva translation here, but this I say that... I wonder what happened to my son. He's not looking at the chat. Hey, Jeremiah, can you hear me then? Can you uh, bring my Bible out of my uh, my briefcase? Um, let's see. We're to fear you with letters. He says, this I say that I may not seem as it were to fear you with letters, for the letters, said he, are sore and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is of no value. Um, well, we know what he's... Uh, thank you, sir. <clears throat> um, we definitely know. I'm going to give Russell an unmute there. And... and uh, uh, I had, uh, I think, you better give me another 10 minutes. <laughs> you got it. <clears throat> okay. So that'll be about 10 after 8. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What was I going to do? Oh, I was going to go back to my scriptures here. Got to put the page over here on my notepad. Well, Doug, I'm going to have to take a call in a little while too. So just to let you know. Okay. Um, I guess the only one I had on that side of the page was just Revelation 14. And uh, I just kind of started writing some notes as I was going through, and one one scripture led to another, and then I flipped the yes, and Revelation 14:2. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their hearts. Um, oh, I had 12, not 2. Um, I just read you 2. Uh, 12. Here is some patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I keep reading it. It's still there. And as Russell started to point out to us tonight, it sure seems like obedience is where the power is. And I agree with that.
Second um, John. Second John, chapter one, verse six. Which that's of course the only one. And this is the love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bids him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Had many things, I have many, having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that your joy may be full. That's uh, another one that is pretty uh, pretty important. So, anyhow, Betty, you got any thoughts? No, I'm sorry. Uh, this is not uh, the best day. <laughs> not the best day for you, huh? Huh? I said not the best day for you, huh? Right. Well. Until I can uh, resolve the pain, you know, from the. Yeah. Um, did you get, Did you get a chance to soak it or no? No, uh, I told Judy that uh, I, I'd like to wait until Jan's over here when I do that in case I need help. Yeah, you weren't able to when she was over the other day then, huh? No, she, she, there was, she was busy with a lot of other things. and uh, So, uh, no, I didn't. I, I really wanted to, but, well, I'll get to it. I will get to it. Well, we want to get the pain down, so we definitely got to... It was a, a really excellent suggestion, and I'm all for it, you know, so just a matter of doing it, but uh, the only way I can do it is to put a chair up by the tub and put my legs over the tub into a bucket. Oh, and I thought you said you had a bucket. I do have a bucket. Yeah. But. That you can get both feet in? Sit down on a chair. So I have a chair to sit down on and put my legs over the edge of the tub into the bucket. Yeah. Well, you could do it without doing it at the tub. Um, Just don't fill your bucket too full so that once you put the feet in, it doesn't come over the top of the bucket. So probably uh, half of the water volume 
there are all kinds of things that I could do, but anyway, I concluded that that is probably the best uh, option for me is to uh, get a chair up to the side of the tub and have the bucket ready to put my feet into. I will get to it when I get to it. Uh, Hopefully, Jan will be here later this week. Okay. Did you get a chance to ask her what she thought about giving you, you know, a few more days a week of, of help? Uh, say that again. Did you get a chance to ask her what she thought about uh, giving you, uh, you know, a couple hours, two or three times a week? No, I haven't asked her. Uh, asked her about that, but okay. okay. I take uh, it one day at a time. Yeah. No, I understand. No, I understand. <clears throat> it it's so. Uh, it is so painful that I, I'm staying in bed a lot, you know, just to stay off my foot. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was just looking at uh, Luke chapter 11, another one of those scriptures that I I call a shibboleth. Um, I'll start at uh, I'll start at uh, I'll start at 20 well I guess the best thing to do is this is in the is in the parable uh, uh, or the uh, um, the statement of Christ about the house divided can't stand. It's verse twenty six that I was getting at, but looking for a place to start for context, so I'm going to start at seventeen, Luke eleven, chapter seventeen. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. So if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Now, that scripture right there, what Christ is conveying is these Babylonian tares, these Judahites um, who are still steeped in their Babylonian mythological and mythology and their Babylonian traditions and ways, he's saying to them that he knows what they do, and they claim to be doing it from Beelzebub. So if if that's who they're casting him out from, he's saying, then how can you attribute that to me because that's a divided house? But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, 
He taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted, and divides his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return unto my house whence I came out. When he comes, he finds it swept, garnished, and then goes he in and takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Uh, 28, if I misspoke and said 26, I meant 28. But he says, Yeah, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Well, in order to keep something, you are required to do something. If I give an order to Russell to keep this, He's now commanded and commissioned to do something, to carry out whatever is required to see to it that the order is fulfilled. <clears throat> so there's, there's something to be done. And we go through these scriptures time after time after time after time and talk about these things as as necessary, and the church world rejects it and, you know, is calling Israel spiritual Israel and calling the laws uh, done away with at the cross and, and all these things. And it's right here in the scriptures, in Christ's own words, John that we read, Luke that we read, uh, the Apostle Paul that we read in Corinthians. And um, it, it really becomes difficult to understand why... Um, thanks for letting why, me back on. What's that? I said thanks for letting me back on because uh, I wanted to ask you a question. All right. If we have an enemy, which we all know we do, and our source of power is obedience, it would stand a reason that they would rise to the top if they could figure out a way to get us to be disobedient, right? Because then we would be powerless. Yep. And as we've all said and known this before, they don't have to do a thing. They just all they have to do is sit back and watch the self destruction. Because their own God punishes. And so it's kind of a convenient deal for our enemy. And so our enemy, the devil, the demons, whatever you want to call them, simply have to encourage us not to obey. Our leader. Yeah. And um, that's it in a nutshell. I, I I did watch a little bit of TV today. 
and we're we're seeing these people. And to my way of thinking, aren't they our enemy? I mean, why don't we call them enemy? They're riding in the streets. Uh, I don't think they're protesting. They're they're uh, they're wanting this government. They're they're enemies of the state. I don't know how else to put it. They. Uh, they're not protesting. I mean, what they're protesting is our form of government. That's what they're protesting. That's right. They don't like. They don't like it. That's right. They're commies. I've been washing it for so many years. <laughs> yeah. And yet, go ahead. I was just going to say, and yet, these people, these Republican legislators, ought to be hung if they don't get with it. They're disgusting. The comp, the the way they operate. They're already talking now about we need to just back off on this repeal Obamacare. Oh my! And and what? How how do they get us to disobey? Just be disobedient. They get us to go in after other gods. Didn't they paint a beautiful picture about Obamacare? And it was well, all. Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back to the simplicity of your initial uh, expressions. Um, <clears throat> what is the opposite of truth? A whopper. A whopper. So, so they use what they have, which is lies, disinformation, propaganda. Uh-huh. And... and They've been using the lies, the disinformation, and the propaganda for their for their purposes, for their goals, for their desires, for their objectives, which is against, as you said and Betty agreed to, against the the nation. Now let's go one step further, the laws of the nation. Let's go one step further and say that what's actually happening here is they are rejecting not only this government, as you guys said, but think about it. They're rejecting this Constitution. Right. Because this Constitution said this is how we do elections. This is the law, this is the parameters that we have seen uh, that we believe is going to be fit, the most likely to ensure our posterity um, the best opportunity at keeping and maintaining what they perceived they were, they were given to us. So what's on trial here really is the Christian way 
because it's the way we were originally founded. Now, we may have made a mistake in drafting a constitution as we did in the days of Israel, in the days of Samuel, when we asked for a king. <clears throat> but we had our biblical foundation, we had our spiritual foundation upon the rock, Jesus Christ, upon his laws and his will. So that, in essence, is what they're going after, is to continue to keep us from returning to that which we ought to return. Now, something else occurred to me today. I heard this uh, little ditty today a little bit about the... uh, um, the Statute of Liberty, and and it just made me think. You know, there's another one of those idols. I guess it was Chuck Schumer, Democrat, New York Senator, or whatever. He said that you know the Statute of Liberty has cheers or something to that effect. And and my thought immediately was, you know, there's another one of those idols that has been erected on this land of North America or out in the water to to epitomize or exemplify something. And it has done that in people's minds. It has been epitomized as it is the source of liberty, as if the statute itself can provide it. Yeah. Now think about that. Is that not an idol erected in our midst? Is that not an idol that equally ought to come down? Because it doesn't it doesn't represent anything that Christ taught us in His gospel. Agreed. No, it's totally contrary. I mean, here's here's something that I've been thinking about during the course of this day. Remember when they legalized faggot marriages? We were supposed to just eat it, remember? Yeah. And uh, there were a couple of people with convictions, and uh, this crowd was ready to throw them in jail. They didn't marry the queers. Put them in jail. You know, they were ravenous wolves. Right. And uh, now the shoe's on the other foot, and they're just exposing the hypocrisy of these lying, no-good sons of bitches like Aston Kutcher. And this, this head of Canada said, we will not react with violence and hate. We will react with acceptance and love to this guy that gunned down these innocent people. Would you, can you imagine having that kind of crap as your president? Well, you know. Oh, we did. It's like, it's like, no, it's not vengeance and hate. It's called judgment. (laughs) Yes. And they're always saying Jesus is love, Jesus is love. Jesus is justice. And... The whole plan of Jesus was to provide us with justice. I mean, with well, he's our savior, and God is a just God. 
And so I have another comment to make, and that's uh, I didn't like presidential directives when Obama did, was doing them, and I don't like them now. Well, Why in the gutless yeah. Congress doing this? Well, and this is, you know, again, at the risk of being appearing as if, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking and stuff, uh, this has been been the things that I've talked about with different people as well in, in the world here around me and and a couple people on, on email communications. Um, you know, what I don't understand is why a man who's supposed to have brilliance and intelligence and so forth. I've never understood this really, frankly, out of any politician. When you're in power, you simply go to the microphone. Now, he's signing these executive orders, okay? The cameras are on. Mm -hmm. They're waiting to see this. So now is when you hold up this 1906 or 1847 law, whatever it is, and you say, we as a country have this constitution which says this is our immigration policy. From there, we adopted this statute and this statute. But during this tenure of president and during this tenure of president, they signed executive orders to go around this law. We're going to go back to the law and apply the law, as I, as an executive, am supposed to do. So we're going to rescind this, revocate this, this executive order that Obama signed, allowing tens of thousands of, of, of refugees in, and which I might add, one of these refugees was found in Texas, or Kentucky, I think it was, planning to, you know, kill a bunch of people there, and he is today in prison. So I'm signing this executive order, which is going to reverse those orders and come back to my executive responsibility to carry out this law. Sign the thing. Now, my point is, do I believe that these uh, protests would cease overnight? No, but I do believe a number, a significant number of those who are around that fringe there are going to start seeing, hey, this doesn't make sense. What, what he's saying he's doing, I can't argue with, I can't disagree with. And you're, you would see them start to peel away and that group would become smaller. Instead yeah. of it festering over and bubbling effervescence the way that it is. Because you know the media is not going to report what needs to be reported. So you have to go before your people who will carry the story out there. And like an army of soldiers, they've got to go to the four corners of the globe and carry that message out. Yep. Now, what is wrong with me? This, this to me, is not rocket science either. How come I can think this thing through, but somebody 
in this position can't think this through, and even with these, quote, supposed advisors that are surrounding him. Yeah, that's why I think we're being played, Doug. You know, Russell, you have got the same thing that I've got. I, 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 you know, one of the email responses that I wrote back is that I really am seeing what I believe is the the start of what's going to be hate the Christian movement. And yeah. I don't know that I know exactly how to put that in words yet, but this is what these people really have been... For example, look at all the organizations that they've infiltrated over the years and and basically have taken over. Now, they didn't take these organizations over because they wanted the organizations, did they? They took them over because they wanted the ideology of the organization stopped. Yes. And, and that's, exactly, that's exactly what they did, was change the ideology, didn't they? Yes, and the... Secretary of State-to-be, Dreamer, that is cocked and ready to be the Secretary of State. You know who I'm talking about, the Exxon man. Yeah. His claim to fame is fighting for queers to get into the scouts. Queer child molesters to be scout leaders. And today they so gloriously announced that the sicko people that think they're a boy and think they're a girl when they're just the opposite can now join the Boy Scouts. And now picture this. You've got a tent full of guys and a girl in there that thinks she's a guy. And she strips off and they find out she's a girl. What do you suppose those guys are going to do? Why, they've been taught that you party down, dude. That's what the rap music says. Bust a move. Bust a hoe. They don't care what she identifies as. as. And is this, this is all just to screw this whole nation up. That's what it's all about. Screw it up and conquer it. And steal all their blessings that they worked so hard for. We're going to take it. And if you can't see that, you are living under a rock. And these punks in Hollywood, they wouldn't know an honest day if it slapped them upside the head of work. They're disgusting, puke-bag whores that would do anything, anything to get the role. And you know that, that this this Harvey Weinstein piece of fecal matter that runs Hollywood has been charged on numerous times for sexual assault at the casting table, and he always gets off scot-free. Now, I wonder if it has something to do with the contribu- contribution to the legal profession or to the police academy or whatever. Uh, can't you just see these people going in for a part you know, they act like their crap is so... Uh, Meryl Streep makes me want to throw up. She thinks she is the goddess of it. All right, now now let me give you another thought here. Please do. Here's another thought. 
you sit there and you look at um, what these people are doing. The the end justifies the means. They they don't care about the law. They don't care about the principle. They don't, the end in their mind justifies the means. Correct. Correct. That's a safe that's a safe uh, analogy or a safe assessment to put upon them. Okay. Now, modern Christianity has basically said the end justifies the means. Yeah. Okay. Because what we're doing is teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, and we're just here to save souls, okay? So we just need to get them to the pulpit so we can say that we've saved, we, we can say that we saved another soul. But is that soul saved if that soul does not know what Jesus Christ, what we just read in John chapter 15, in Luke chapter 14, if, if, if we do not teach them to obey those commands and have a process in place for which they are held accountable to those commands so they can stand righteous before uh, Christ and be uh, adorned with the, the garments of, of white because Christ is, is able to stand there and say, yeah, yeah, Father, I've got Russell's back. You know, so so in so the church world has essentially done the same thing that the liberals are we're seeing them do, which is the end justifies the means. We don't care. I got a pen and I got a cell phone, said Obama. All right, now think of the conservatives because what you just said was I don't really want my executive leader going out there and using the same tactics that others have used. And see, that's why I say he should be explaining what is actually occurring besides, here, I'm signing an executive order that repeals Obamacare, or here, I'm you know doing this or doing that. And, and so in essence... The end justifies the means. So in other words, we're just going to go full steam ahead. We're going to bore on. We're going to press on because our program justifies what it is that we now are doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that as a biblical model. No. This government was set up for Congress to make the law. The Supreme Court is to interpret the law or uh, actually explain it if there's a problem. And the government, the president is a third branch that basically puts the law into action. He's a a CEO of a corporation. He shouldn't have the power of a king. So, Russell, what you're actually saying is executive power is not biblical. Well, the executive it is. Yeah, for 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 the executive, God. Yeah, but the rest of that is, is tyranny in disguise. 
Right. I should have I should have qualified it by saying executive uh, constitutional executive authority is unbiblical. We it's unlawful. Yeah. All right. Now, by the same token, we can carry that, we can carry that further then, and then we can say, okay, is an executive uh, such as a president is that biblical? Well, it's certainly not what he wanted. No. Our chief executive is Jesus Christ. Yes, and and there is no no better form of government than a benevolent dictator because he wants the best for his people. You see what I'm saying? Well, this 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 creator wants the best for his people, but a constitutionally derived executive wants the best for his um, power, and his power is the Constitution. Uh-huh. So he wants all the power that the Constitution provides him. Right. Whether, whether that it's legitimizes him. Yes, Exactly. So we have erected our own little idol in this in this constitution because, as I say, and everybody has to quote, let me uh, allow me to consistently qualify that statement. And the reason I make that statement is because throughout the time that we first landed on these shores, somewhere it, it appears that the records archaeologically indicate in the 12th and 13th centuries, carrying through to the 14th centuries and on into the 15th and 16th centuries, we operated upon God's law on this land. We were at the privilege of a king or um, some power that we had erected above us in generations and, and centuries past as a privilege to be here and to come over under those those charters and so forth. But while here, it, it's clearly evident in the record that we abided by the laws of God as as our our uh, functioning uh, law on the on the continent. So once we adopted the Constitution and we wrote in that preamble. We the people, we the people have now become the power. The power mm. is from we the people. Instead of the power being from God, yeah. and, we, and we the people are the executors of that, you know, as we read in the scripture here tonight, he said he was going to make a, a nation of priests out of us. So that's what we were supposed to be doing is for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're carrying forth the executive action of priests. And all of that has been undone since we've adopted a constitution. I mean, 
honestly, you guys, we can look at it and we can watch the historical record of this nation unfold and everything that has happened and been done has been because our Constitution, quote, unquote, allowed it as our Constitution and laws were interpreted by that judicial branch that you referred to, Russell. Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah it's, pretty, it's pretty hard medicine, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But when you realize they sanctioned and fully endorsed the IRS, and that is a terrorist organization. Yeah, and we saw what they did. They carried out a political operation because the executive could do it. So he carried out an operation against anybody who was creating an organization to form opposition to him. He politically barred them and stopped them and prohibited and ran interference. Yep, and it was all done legally and lawfully, right? Yeah. And nobody 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 in the Republican Party stood up and said this is against law. <laughs> no, they didn't, did they? And it's no. the same bunch that's there right now that says, Well we can't repeal Obamacare until we replace it with something. And that is not what they campaigned for, replacement theology. No, and Trump, in fact, in just the one or two days before the inauguration, as I recall, he he specifically stated in a, in a press conference then that likely within one or two days of him being sworn in, that was going to occur. Well, now... It's already been over a week, and that hasn't occurred. No, you're right. You're absolutely right, amongst other things. And, um, I mean, look. Look at all these power plays the Democrats are allegedly pulling on these Republicans. Why weren't the Republicans using the same techniques when they were down and out? How come everything well, was flying through? Well, well, they, you know, there's so many rules and everything that that these Democrats built into the system to benefit them, and and uh, they're using them all. And this is just another testament that this is no way, this is no way to run a nation. It's. It, it, I don't know, man. It just shows. It should show us more and more and more why we need God's foundational principles to, you know. Yeah, I mean, when you take it out and run it to its logical end, you see that a lot of what they're saying is right. But 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 I left the Constitution back when I began to read it. See, that's my problem. I started reading it. And when you read in there where it says if we're in an emergency, a declared emergency, this whole document's null and void. 
when you read in there where it says nothing but gold or silver to be used for exchange of debt, when you read in there that the president, it clearly defines what he can do and what he cannot do, and you see that none of this is happening, what what, are you, what else can you conclude but this is a big farce, this, this whole constitutional idea? It's a farce. It's used to rule and oppress people. And then all the while it's doing it, it's playing that song, well, at least you know you're free by that little guy that's made millions off of that song. At least you know you're free, Doug. Yeah. For this example. This is horrible. This is horrible. Or, We've got phony wars going on all over, but at least we know we're free. How about this American that was killed yesterday in this attack in some country over there? I thought he was going to give it to him good, let him have it. You know, this is an American soldier died in an air raid, so nothing's really changed, has it? No. No, nothing's really changed. You know those countries that are on his ban list? Those are all countries that Obama's program put together. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't you, if you were really against terrorists, put Afghanistan on the list? Or Saudi Arabia? Uh, or Israel? Yeah. yeah. You know, there was a caller that called in uh, this morning while I was plowing. I was listening to a Milwaukee talk radio and there's a new talk show host on there. And there was a guy called in uh, trying to put the new guy to the test. And um, he uh, he said, you know, how come it is that you guys always talk about, you know, uh, these terrorists and how you want to get these terrorists? And yet he brought up the point that the terrorists for 9-11 were all Arabs. And how come... Uh, uh, Saudi Arabia wasn't on that. They were all Saudi Arabian, I should say. And how come Saudi Arabia wasn't on the list? Well, the the talk guy said that, you know, look, Osama bin Laden was from Saudi Arabia, and there's a, a family extension family there, and there is wealth there. And so he said, yes, uh, these terrorists did come from there, but Saudi Arabia was not a sponsor. Saudi Arabia did not sponsor these guys. Saudi Arabia is not engaged in, um, you know, training these guys on a on a on a field somewhere uh, to go and and kill Americans. And so that was the way that he answered. But the point was was good in that he at least put the guy to the task. Um, to uh, to answer the question, if we're about getting rid of them, then why do we ignore certain nations? Well, there's a financial interest there. You know, there's there's other things there. Um, uh, if we're so claiming that we're so uh, head gun ho on on women and women's rights or women's issues or whatever, then why placate a Saudi Arabia who who uh, has been known to be pretty anti-woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 
and and there again kind of goes back to my whole issue about hypocrisy or that Christianity is is coming under assault because you see the hypocrisy that most people think is the church world or the the Christian foundation of this country but the true Christian foundation of this country is not from the constitution on the true Christian nature of this country is pre-constitution. Yeah. It's in spite of the Constitution. Well, you could almost say that the Constitution is where we separated from our God once again. Yep. And uh, I'm not so sure it was legally done. Uh, it certainly wasn't legal to annex a foreign country. Show me in any law, in any book of the United States, where you could legally annex a foreign country into your kingdom. And that is exactly what they did with Texas, and they stole lots of land when they did it and said it was uh, just paying back debts. And there's people in prison right now that that stood on that and fought the government on that, and now they're in prison. And they they can't argue that. They can't. It's not legal. And in 1845 or 35, I think 36, that's. They wanted the resources from Texas. And so, boom, they got them. But legally, we, in our state constitution, we have the power, supposedly, to leave the United States, but... Uh, it'll never happen because we're uh, conquered people. You got that right. And they just pretend that we're free. I think it puts people to sleep. I go back to sleep, you're free. What are you moaning and groaning about? You're free. As soon as you pay your uh, county tax, your city tax, your school board tax, your hospital district tax, your junior college tax, and your self, your imposed health care tax, and your income tax, of course. But you're free. Reminds me of the Stevie Ray Vaughan song, Tax Man. <laughs> yeah. And he it, died prematurely. Did, did any of y'all get to see this press conference that was held today? No. That was encouraging to hear that little little guy speak up 
because they're not going to shove him around like they do those other weasels. He bowed up like a rattlesnake. Uh, what was that about? The uh, press conference. Uh, I forget the guy's name. The secretary, the spokesperson for the president. Spicer. Spicer, press secretary. Yeah. yeah, that he was very encouraging to watch. Because these media people are so disingenuous and so ravenous and so disgusting. And he just, he set them straight every chance he got. He, he set them straight. And they didn't know what to do. <laughs> they quit asking questions because they were scared to death of it. <laughs> oh, God. Love it. Yeah, I think I would have came out the first day and said, all right, here's the rules of the press. <clears throat> when you're in here, you're at the pleasure of this country. If you are involved in a fake news story, if you're peddling false information, if your paper or your media outlet is involved in anything or anybody from your media outlet is involved in anything, until there is a retraction, a full retraction, then your news organization will not appear back inside this press corps. We're going to, yeah. clean, the swamp. We're going to clean the swamp. That makes sense to me. And... And it's a new day in Washington. We're going to clean the swamp. If you won't clean your own swamp, we'll make sure that it's clean when you come here. Otherwise, there'll be no press briefing. Absolutely. And these sanctimonious people think they're just, they're so in it for the people. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you just see them at the bars at night? smoking their cigars, their Cuban cigars, cigarette, whatever, talking about laughing at the how stupid people are and what they got by with, what fake news story they concocted. Oh, my gosh. And they want to act like somebody's passing out fake news? Alex Jones has a lot more credibility than any of those pigs. And And he doesn't doesn't have much, does he? (laughs) No. But, you know. But we don't have have much to choose from. We don't have have the money that they have to go around and dig around and all this stuff. And and, uh, um, so... It's it's it certainly is something that prevents us from. Uh, being bottom a, bottom a, line and bottom yeah. line, it Doug, they're Christ haters. Yeah. Yeah, I do believe that is true. And they are the scribes. And the the sad you see. Are the 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 law people and the fair you see 
uh, you know, they're they're cut out of the same bolt of cloth. Uh, traditions of men. Absolutely. We were supposed to get this great announcement tonight of our new so-called Supreme Court member, and I haven't heard anything of you. I haven't, no, but I think that was supposed to happen like at at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, so it's probably on the news wires now. I'm on the Internet, but I I wasn't on a news uh, thing, but I could probably pull it up. Well, Um, now we can give them... Uh, some more uh, fuel to riot over. And don't think for a minute these people aren't subsidized riders. Look at the clothes they're wearing. These are not normal American people that have to go to work and earn a living. Uh, Doug, you and Betty don't meet up at airports to throw stuff at people. Because you're sad about the election. Or some presidential directive. And the the head lady in charge refused to follow the law and got fired. And they were just appalled that, that Trump would take that kind of action. That vindictiveness. I mean, can you imagine... This man's full of hate. Now I heard tonight that they've got this group of psychologists that have rated him insane. And um, they've run this test, and every one of the answers on the test, you could easily plug in Obama for all of them, and yet he's... It it makes his heart proud to hear that everybody's protesting tearing up and burning stuff. That's making him happy out there while he golfs in Palm Springs in his new mansion with his kids in private school where he'll never have to lift a finger because he'll have permanent guards. I don't need a gun, Doug, if you'll just come protect my house. Do not let the trolls yeah, well, that's uh, that's another thing. Where is that biblical that we're supposed to uh, provide uh, uh, secret service uh, detail to, uh, you know, uh, Joshua or Moses or, you know, <laughs> anybody else for the rest of their life? They shouldn't have had anything to fear. That's right. They, they'd obeyed God, there there wouldn't be a person who would dare to murder uh, somebody who was uh, a, a good elder. That's a great point. These guys are scared to death to go empty the trash. Oh, they don't do that. And, and think about this. Think about all these people, these Merrill Street types, They'd have illegal aliens working for them in their kitchen. That's what they're upset about. They're upset about losing their help at such a low pay. You think you think Ashton Cougar gives a rat's 
Kutcher gives a rat's rear end whether the Muslims are vetted or not. He's more concerned about fornication. That's his specialty. Haven't you heard, Doug? Get you two or three little heifers and you or what do they call them, sows, and you breed. Get a kid with this one, a kid with that one, a kid with the next one. You're all about love. You know, I was thinking about Mike Pence being there, and and I thought, you know, where is Mike Pence saying to Trump, um, Mr. Trump, the Word of God says you shall have one law for the foreigner and the stranger. So when he signs that executive order, he says, this was the closest thing we had to God's Word, which said you shall have one law for the foreigner and the stranger. But Mr. Obama has signed a law which gives a different law. Uh, excuse me, for the homeborn, and one, and you must have the same law for the homeborn and the stranger. Now, now, um, I don't know that it would be received any differently by the protesters, um, but where are the Christians able to articulate these principles and foundations upon the word of Christ? You know, that's, I guess, what's so maddening to me. And then when I get these stupid responses from people who are supposed to be leaders, elders, and you try to lay a scripture out for them and dissect it so that there's no ambiguity And you find that if they're listening to it at all, they must not have any critical thinking skills. <laughs> because how can a rational individual respond with lucid stupidity when the argument has been fairly placed right in front of him I was thinking of, I know it's getting late, Russell, and and, uh, I was thinking of Moses' prayer. I'd like to flip over to Numbers chapter 14, beginning with, this is right after Caleb and and Joshua came back and heard characters. But before you read it, Doug, Keep in mind, keep in mind that he, it's interesting to me that he was so sure, I mean, he was so confident in his wisdom that he knew what the people were going to do, didn't he? Yeah. He knew what was going to take place because he knew people. He knew that people. And so anyway, go ahead and read 
what he well, said. Well, so, so this is when Caleb and Joshua urged to, to go ahead and take the land and uh, uh, urged the people not to rebel against the Lord. So that's the lead-in to Moses' prayer. The Lord says, I'll start at 11, the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me, and how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown them, I will smite them with the pestilence, and disinherit, and will make thee a great of thee a great nation, and mightier than they. Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. If they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, and thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud stands over them, and that thou goest before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and in a pillar of fire at night, Now, if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great according as thou hast spoken, saying, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and the fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto thy greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. That was Moses' Moses's prayer and God's answer to prayer. Now, that prayer wasn't Wasn't real difficult, was it? No. I don't. He said. He said. He said. If you do this thing, it's going to damage your name. He didn't say it was going to damage these people. He said, if you you do this, people will say you just basically brought them out in the wilderness to slam. Uh-huh. His integrity was on the line. And he, he, Moses appealed to God's nature, his righteous nature, appealed also to his glory, not ours, not the people's glory, but that God's name 
would not be tarnished in in the earth. Yep. And it worked. Yep. Yep. Well, um, I don't know. I think it's interesting that you let out with obedience. For this time, First Peter 4.17, a couple other things I peruse through here. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin in us, shall the end of them be of them that obey not the gospel of God. Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians 1, chapter 8, or verse 8. In flaming fire take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is another interesting scripture. I, I remember writing this in a letter, pleading that I be allowed to go after the ones that were being driven away. Luke 15, chapter, verse 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over, the, over one sin, that like, let me start again. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Russell, Betty, if, if, you both say to me, Doug, you lied. And I say, no, no, I didn't lie. Yes, you did. This is what you said. It was deliberative. It was a lie. This wasn't just improper statement. This was a lie. First John chapter 1, verses 9 to 10 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. So, if you both said to me, Doug, you lied, now, we know it, you you should know it, you need to repent of this lie, you need to acknowledge it, you need to make it right. And I say, no, I, I haven't lied, I, I've done nothing wrong, and you both know that in fact I have indeed lied. Have I confessed that sin? of lying against you guys and attempting to deceive you or mislead you or cause you to stray from your God? 
you have of me. No, but I no, but I mean, if I were to have done that, according to that scripture here, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in us. Is, is that just a blanket statement for somebody who says, well, I've never sinned? Or is that actually teaching us and telling us that if we stand before, if I stand before my brothers and say, no, I haven't lied, I didn't lie, and so what if I did lie, or whatever, um, according to this scripture, have I not made God a liar and that his word will have no place in me? Well, read the whole scripture. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. So I'm sitting here saying, you guys know I've lied to you. I've lied to you for the purpose of deceiving you. I've lied to you for the purpose of deceiving others in order to have their favor um, or, you know, whatever. And and you confront me and I say, no, I haven't. I, I did not lie. No, you guys are wrong. I, no, I haven't confessed that sin, which you know that I sinned. So... If I'm standing before God claiming that I haven't sinned, in other words, I have not confessed that sin, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And so, therefore, you'd be able to say, Doug is a liar. His, God's word has no place in Doug's life because he's a liar and he refuses to confess. Is that theologically correct? Well, I'll have to think on that. I'm going to turn in for the night, and True wants to stay on the line and listen. All right. So I'm going to call it a night. All right. We'll, we'll have to pick this up next week. All right. You've got a pretty good uh, point going here. All right. Good night, well, everybody. You have a good night. And so, Betty, what say you? I'm going to have to be turning in soon, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we can do that, and uh, that sounds fine. So I will just close this out with some prayer here and let the Lord... Uh, Keep us all in his protection tonight. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, as always, Lord, for the many, many blessings that you provide us. Thank you for the food, clothing, shelter that you've blessed us all with to be able to have. Father, we thank you for knowing our needs. Lord, we know that Betty's got a real sore leg Father, it's our prayer that you'll touch her with a healing hand. We know, Lord, that you do want to heal our sicknesses and our diseases if we come unto you. And, Lord, we are asking, we are praying 
We call upon your name for your healing hand upon our sister Betty. Father, we do continue to pray for your people wherever they are. Pray for this president of this country, Lord, and we pray that you'll continue to be with him and guide him in spite of the fact that we've we seem to desire a president over us more than we desire our God to reign over us. Lord, we seem to desire a constitution to form our laws than your laws themselves. Lord, I I know that your laws cover every conceivable issue that we can see out there today. Even building a skyscraper, your fundamental principles are still there because we're all individually responsible to you. So Lord, would to God that we could get Mike Pence, the vice president, to continue to be an ear in Trump's Uh, Continue to be a voice, I was going to say, in Trump's ear. A voice of your laws, your statutes, which you've commanded us to live by and according to. Father, we lift up those that are working in behalf of bringing honor and integrity back to your name in this land. Father, we continue to pray for all your people that don't know the things that they ought to know because they've been deceived and disillusioned and propagandized. Father, we come against those sons of the wicked tares, Lord, the ones you taught us that seek to kill, steal, and destroy. Pray against them and we lift them up to you and say, Lord, deal righteous judgment with them. We thank you for it. We count firmly upon it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well. Uh, Doug? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is your son nearby you? Yeah, he's on uh he's on the thing. I don't he, he Jeremiah, did you get your microphone working? Uh, he's not talking. <laughs> he's in another room. So, uh, um, oh, yeah, he says no, he's listening. Uh, well, you can hear True. Um, she just asked if you were nearby. So he can hear you. He just, he doesn't have a microphone, I guess, or his microphone's not working. Hasn't figured it out yet. <laughs> well... Um, it's probably been about, I think, two weeks since I sent that letter to him. I don't know if he received it or not. I haven't heard anything from y'all in a while. Well, I know that Mom got it out of the uh, mailbox. I saw it sitting on the calendar in the kitchen one day when she came home. So, uh, you get it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you can hear Jeremiah now. Um, yeah, he said that he he got it. He said oh, he read good. it. <laughs> I read it. So I was planning on writing back uh, another letter uh, tomorrow. 
Well, did you read it, actually? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was like, I just really hope he got that and read it, two pages of that, and see what his reaction was. Whenever he first opened it, uh, I, was, read it. I was, I wasn't there to see his reaction. He probably rolled his eyes back in his head and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> 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 he, he probably he probably didn't want any more writing assignments. <laughs> He's probably like me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, let's uh, we'll go ahead and uh, and uh, I'm going to end that recording there.